who are three assistant coaches for the Denver Broncos that have opportunities to grow into a head coach or become one sooner rather than later. You're going to get that conversation and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for rocking with us, making us part of your day, your routine every single day for all your Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube for free or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss out on what's going on with the team that you root for on Sundays. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, my sidekick, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. Make sure you check out his work there as well. Hey, we're getting one step closer to NFL training camp position Preview specifically will begin here in a couple of weeks for us. That'll lead us directly into the start of training camp. So in the meantime, we have some other things we'll be doing. So if you want to get involved in the conversation, this is the place to be. Sarah, my friend, hey, you know, take a look at maybe one topic that nobody's talked about. And I feel like we can get a little bit of an early preview on it here is the Broncos have a few coaches on their staff and maybe more than a few as well who are considered very, very uh, well-respected, I'd say, around league circles in certain circumstances as rising stars or guys with potential or guys who are established. And there is one guy who has that experience, and that is Vance Joseph to kick off today's episode of the show. Former head coach of the Broncos, obviously, defensive coordinator previously for the Miami Dolphins, a former defensive backs coach, spent some time with the Houston Texans, so on and so forth. And then four years in Arizona as their D.C. Now he's in Denver as their defensive coordinator and I think there's a question we have to ask ourselves here, Sarah. If the Broncos' defense excels this upcoming season, does that put Vance Joseph maybe into some consideration around the NFL for some potential head coaching jobs after this year? I think it absolutely will. I think Vance Joseph has long been respected by a lot of really uh, you know notable people in the NFL. He's gotten jobs from you know Gary Kubiak and now Sean Payton, and he's worked like you said for the Dolphins and the Cardinals in recent years. And I think, you know, he, he got interviewed for the Cardinals head coaching job this past offseason, of course, as one of the incumbents there, their defensive coordinator. And we, I talked with Alex Clancy last year during the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Cardinals crossover, and he said he would have been really excited about Vance Joseph being their future head coach. Like, move on from Cliff Kingsbury, promote Vance Joseph to that position, because I think – a lot of times you get caught up in the rankings and not necessarily the why behind the what, right? You, you don't necessarily understand or take the time to understand why did the Cardinals struggle defensively last year? Just like the Denver Broncos, they had a lot of injuries back there. And when they were healthy, that defense played very, very well for Vance Joseph. And so it's one of those things where you, you watch and follow the team every single week. Guys like Alex who do that, they understood that Vance was doing a good job and he was developing players, doing a good job leading that unit. That was his most extensive time on task in the NFL as a defensive coordinator, by the way. So we know he had a very short stint with the uh, with the Miami Dolphins, excuse me, in that role before he was hired by the Broncos. That was one of those major points of contention. But now he's had experience. He's had experience leading the team from the head coach spot, learning through a lot of 
failure. A lot of, you know, that that team didn't win as much as people hoped uh, or the Broncos would have obviously wanted. But Vance has been part of developing quarterbacks. He's been part of teams where they have established quarterbacks. So to me, he's kind of ready made at this point to be a head coach. The, the question is, can he have the level of success on this Denver Broncos defense to where other teams are going to want to hire him? Because I think now working for Sean Payton, that's going to make him even more attractive potential, you know, teams that are hiring in 2024. Yeah. And even Sean Payton told a story to us during Broncos mandatory minicamp about, he had a conversation with obviously the saints late owner and it was like, Hey, it's a, it would be a bad thing if, if other teams weren't trying to get our coaches away from us. Uh, so I think that when you look at it from the business standpoint, I know every year we sit here and there's been times where, you know, there's a position coach that you and I really, really like, or there's a position coach that uh, Broncos fans really like, and then they go somewhere else. They get a promotion, right? They get a new opportunity. And everyone's like, why couldn't I just be here with the Denver Broncos? It's hard. You know, it is hard. When you have a head coach in place and you're going through maybe identifying some young guys on your roster from a coaching standpoint, guys are elevating their resumes all the time like people don't understand how hard it is to be a position coach in the national football league because if your position unit struggles you know what that means it means you're going to get fired and so the elevation the standard of success uh, across the entire nfl is crazy and when we got to meet with vance joseph this offseason for the first time right not right after he signed and, and returned to denver we got to meet with him after mandatory minicamp and just he seemed the vibe was entirely different with vance at the podium i think you know there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of enthusiasm when he was the head coach, right? Because he's the guy. He's got to go around. He's got to have a knowledge of the entire operation. He gets to just focus on defense here, and he gets to work with his coaches. He gets to work with the personnel here, and he just gets to call the defense, which I think takes a lot of that pressure off, but it was great being able to chat with him. The vibes were, like I said, really laid back with him, and he acknowledges just how talented this defense is, and obviously there are a few guys he's worked with here previously, Josie Jewell being one of them, Obviously, Justin Simmons being another player, his former familiarity with Kareem Jackson. And then, you know, hey, Zach Allen, who he's been coaching for the last four years. So for Vance, this feels like an opportunity for him to really showcase his growth, showcase his evolution as a coach, right? Because I think you and I are in agreement. When he was the head coach, he was liked, like he was very likable. But the issue was you're not winning games and people got tired of hearing you know, we had a great week. We had a great week of practice. You know, those are the things, those are like buzzwords. And then, you know, with Nathaniel Hack, it's like, it starts with me. That's the same thing there in terms of Broncos coaches, doom galore. Uh, aside from that, Vance, I think has learned, he showcased that. And, and you made a great point about what Alex Clancy of obviously the host of Locked On Cardinals mentioned as well. I, and I trust me, I seen his Twitter feed all throughout last season. And he said, wow, it's, it's incredible that Vance Joseph is being kind of scapegoated. It's not the defense's fault. The offense can't even sustain a drive. And to me, I, I thought back, I was like, man, Sarah, how many times have we seen that here with Denver in prior years where the defense is playing well, but over you know the course of a, a long season, they get worn down. They give up more plays because, hey, they're getting stops, and then the offense is going a quick three and out, and they're right back on the field, and they're playing a higher volume of snaps than you know most other defenses do in the NFL, and that, I think, has been the storyline for Denver. I'm very excited for Vance's return, and look, you, you were spot on there. If the Broncos defense performs at a top level. Look, they have all the personnel. They have a lot of key guys returning from last year. Obviously, a lot of question marks we'll dive deep into during our Broncos training camp position previews. That'll lead us up into the action at the Centura Health Training Center in Dove Valley beginning on July 28th. Also, a little bit of a note as well. For anybody that may not have seen it on Twitter, rookies will report on July 19th. Veterans report a few days afterward. 
And then obviously the first practice open to fans will be on the 28th there. So a lot to uh, lock into here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. And there's another coach here that is on the Broncos coaching staff that Sean Payton and everyone in the NFL world has kind of paid attention to a little bit. How does Christian Parker maybe fit into the future plans of this team, or could he be accelerated into a promotion after this season? You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there, FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets whether you win or or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be the first home run of the game. You get that all on an app that's safe, that's secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you also like to bet on the NFL and futures like myself, I like to take a look at over-unders. I like to project who's going to win divisions. Now, specifically, if you look at the Denver Broncos, their win total is set at eight and a half wins this upcoming season. Do you believe they're going to hit over that, or do you believe they're going to hit under? Well, at FanDuel, you get to make the choice, and you get to see maybe if they it hits. If you hit the over, bang, okay, you got money in your pocket, and hey, the Broncos might be in a winning conversation for the playoffs. That would be exciting here for Broncos country. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the National Football League. You're not going to see this guy pop up on many highlight reels, Cody, but Christian Parker is one of the biggest rising stars on the Denver Broncos, and he's a coach. He's a coach of the defensive backs. And right now, this is a coach that I think is drawing a lot of attention around the league. We've heard his name circulating for the last couple of years. One of the things that I love every year is to read through Tom Pelissero of NFL Network puts out a great list of potential future head coaches, which also ends up being a list of potential future offensive and defensive coordinators, maybe special teams coordinators, position coaches, assistant coaches around the league that are being talked about among the big wigs in NFL talking circles. So if Tom Pelissero is catching wind that Christian Parker is a name to watch as a future head coach, potentially that is significant, but because that means what that just Tom Pelissero is not just throwing a name in the air and then hoping that, Hey, maybe this will happen in the future. He's hearing that from people who are decision makers in the NFL, Christian Parker, Cody, we, we, we've almost become locked on Christian Parker here in the, in the off season. We talk about him a lot on this show, but that's because credit is is due where it's deserved, right? And, and Christian Parker definitely deserves recognition for what he's done, but also maybe some uh, projection for where he could be headed. Well, and I think the the biggest thing as well about CP is the fact that, hey, Vic Fangio initially, right, when he was kind of, I, I think Denver was at a very interesting point, right? Because if I'm not mistaken, Denver pursued... Christian Parker after Ronaldo Hill, I think, left with Brandon Staley to go to the Rams or to the Chargers, one of those two teams there. And for me, I think when you look at where the Broncos have been from a nucleus standpoint, obviously Ed Donatel, Vic Fangio, two of the most respected names in terms of coaching in the NFL, in terms of their history and their legacy. 
you look at them and they're like, hey, we like this guy. We want a coach. We want this guy to be on our staff. And they're able to pluck him away from the Green Bay Packers. And almost instantaneously, when he came in, guess what? You have Patrick Sertan coming in. You got Ronald Darby. You've got a defensive backfield that is really good. But, you know, it, it's easy to come in and maybe step into a situation where, as a coach, you have some really good guys to work with. But I think the most important thing, and this is where Christian Parker, I think, deserves so much praise and so much recognition, which has landed him on a list we'll talk about here in a minute, is the fact that you also had some young guys on that roster as well who stepped up due to injury, who stepped into maybe a starting lineup or a rotational role to play some football because you needed it. And that is, I think, an attribution to player development and something that Christian Parker is very good at as a teacher. Look, I, and during Super Bowl radio row in Phoenix, I sat down with NFL Network Cynthia Freeland, and we were talking about the Broncos. And she was talking about, hey, Christian Parker, you can, you guys need to make sure you resign him. I was like, well, I, you know, like I said, I think it would be great for him to come back to Denver, but he's got some good opportunities if he doesn't come back to Denver. She even said herself that he, she believes he is a superstar coach in the making. It, it's a, not about, and, and you've heard me say this so many times on the show, and I almost sound like a broken record here, but as a coach, it's not about what you know. It's about how you can teach the players what you know. And CP, you talk to anybody, you talk to Patrick Sertan, you talk to Damari Mathis, you talk to Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson. I've asked those guys about that. And that's one thing they've always said, like, he is so good at teaching and, and understanding how different guys, like even young guys learn. And really, I think it's a great extension when you have those guys, those veterans, those experienced players who have the opportunity to maybe carry that over and carry that message that you have as a coach, because CP told us right before mandatory minicamp ended, he says, you know, we, we talk to guys in meetings, we talk to them a certain way, we teach them a certain way, but then there might be a time where I say, Hey, Justin, can you, can you get him, you know, right on this while I work, you know, with this, because he's overseeing everything. He's seeing cornerbacks. He's seeing defensive backs inside the nickel. He is coaching the entire defensive backs operation. He had an assistant last year, doesn't necessarily have that this year. He is in charge of that, and I also believe he's in charge of the passing game in terms of the Broncos' secondary as well. So, I mean, you look at his resume, you look at where he's at, no wonder why he got selected for the NFL Coach Accelerator program, which he attended uh, a little bit in May. Yeah, he and that's a huge recognition for him, right? It's an opportunity for him to really grow in his role. Like you said, a great teacher already. Now you have an opportunity to kind of get some more recognition, to get some more opportunities within the league and, you know, just bump elbows with certain people. Right. So for Christian Parker, I think it's really going to be, you know, what what is that next step for him? Is it defensive coordinator first and then head coach down the line? Probably so. So what does that mean? That, that means the Broncos could very well lose him in 2024, depending on what happens with the first guy we talked about. Right. Vance Joseph. And if. Christian Parker is involved as a passing game coordinator on the defensive side. That leads me to believe maybe the Broncos were thinking like he's he's like one step away. He needs one more year of, of seasoning to really get that because he has learned from some really, really good ones through the years. I remember last year they had Dom Capers in the building. He got a zero Evero to learn from before that Vic Fangio. And when he was in Green Bay, they've all they had really good defenses during that time. So it's it's going to be a huge jump for him, I think, rather quickly. Now, is he on a similar trajectory to like we saw with Vance Joseph? That could be that's that's another fascinating parallel, right? Because Vance went from being secondary coach to being a defensive coordinator one year in Miami to then all of a sudden he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Christian Parker could be on a similar trajectory based on what people already think of him. So 
that's that's it's not a thing where it's like, hey, this guy's got to go pay his dues. It's not like high school and then college where you got to do four years here, four years at this job. No, he, he could make that kind of astronomical leap up the board in terms of the coaching ranks. And I think that would be a lot of fun to see. Hopefully there's more of him in Denver yet to come beyond just this season. Well, I think it, it poses some interesting scenarios. Let's say the Broncos defense plays really, really well. Vance Joseph is getting interviews for head coaching jobs, whatever jobs may be vacant. I mean, there was a lot of change this offseason. So for me, it's really hard to kind of sit back and look, okay, hey, how many jobs will open up after this year? I mean, the NFL is a crazy business. We have a lot of first-year head coaches this upcoming year around the NFL. And there will be maybe be some changes. Hopefully, it's not in the division at the AFC West. I know, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers. But, you know, for example, if, in fact, they were to move on from him, I think that would be the top worry is like losing a guy like, you know, Vance Joseph or Christian Parker to one of those teams that is looking for, you know, I don't even know what the word is reinvigoration or something like that. I don't even know if that's even a word, Sarah, but I, I was trying to find something, trying to pull it out of my vocabulary. Apologies, folks. I'm not sure if that's actually a word there, but you know what I mean? They, you, you don't want to have that realm happen. And I think it was a surprise initially when the Rams plucked away Brandon Staley because they're like, oh, hey, Brandon Staley is just an outside linebacker coach. You know, we don't know too much about him. We know he's worked with Vic Fangio previously. He gets the fast track from position coach to DC. And then after one year, as you mentioned, right up into a head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers, so for me, I look at CP and I just look at his experience, how well-respected he is, and now the fact that he's made connections with various executives around the NFL outside of Denver's. If Vance Joseph coaches really well and the defense is performing at a high level, and let's say he does get a head coaching job, in my opinion, I think the prime candidate for a promotion in-house would be Christian Parker merging as the team's next defensive coordinator if that were to happen. But Let's say that's not the case. Vance Joseph doesn't get a head coaching job, doesn't get interest there, but CP gets a lot of DC job interest there. Denver may, in fact, lose him, and that would be a big blow, but obviously for a guy like Christian Parker, it would be well-deserved. So it's kind of bittersweet. I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily like a win-win for anybody in this situation for it because the coaching side of things, I think we look at player personnel. We look at how teams are constructed from a roster standpoint. It seems a lot easier on paper, but I think the coaching aspect of making sure you get the right coaches in place and keeping them or progressing them, and if you lose them, how do you replace them? I feel like that is a bigger challenge for NFL teams than most people recognize. And you really want to see continuity, but that's not a realistic expectation in today's NFL, especially in the coaching ranks. You know, you're not you're just not going to have that. So, like you said, what is that win-win scenario for everybody? I think the the win-win scenario is defense plays great. Vance gets an opportunity to go be a head coach somewhere and Christian Parker naturally rises into that spot. So I don't know if that's necessarily win-win because obviously you want to see continuity, but at the same time, you know and understand in the NFL, change is the main constant. You may not get it. So for Christian Parker, Vance Joseph, I think the best case scenario is that they help raise all the boats in that harbor, right? They help bring everybody to that next level of where they, like last year, pass rush wasn't good enough. How can the, how can the secondary help even add to the pass rush? You know, like they can do so many different things together and I can't wait to see what it, what it's going to be. I think these two guys are going to work really well together. Broncos country. Let us know your thoughts so far on Vance Joseph, Christian Parker, maybe their prospects of becoming either defensive coordinator, obviously on terms of Christian Parker or a new head coach and Vance Joseph, maybe in the future here, we're going to talk about another coaching candidate who's just getting his start in the coaching realm. But Sean Payton has identified as somebody who has the potential to be a future head coach. We'll dive deep into a former player of Payton's on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. 
real quick, make sure you go check out the Locked On NFL podcast for all your offseason news leading up to training camp. Is Saquon Barkley going to get a contract extension? There's various topics that are being discussed right now on the Locked On NFL podcast where you can get that on YouTube for free, and you can also get it wherever you get your podcast. Check it out today, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris Banjo begins his transition from wearing a helmet on Sundays to putting on a visor and having a whistle in his mouth and coaching special teams. Why has Sean Payton identified him as somebody he believes could be a future head coach? And what might that mean for the Broncos going forward? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much taking time to watch us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss out on what's going on with the team we attend practice, 10 of games, and all that stuff. This is the best place to be for the objective to the point coverage of all things orange and blue. Let's talk about Chris Banjo a little bit here, Sarah. Obviously, for the Broncos, a new special teams coordinator in Ben Kotwika with some assistance and some direction from Mike Westhoff, who is very, very legendary in the sense of special teams play. When you look at the NFL, he's kind of a pioneer of the evolution of special teams in this league specifically, and it's carrying over to the college football. It's carrying over into strategy at the high school level. That right there is great when you look back at the history of the game. But there's also a player as well who's played on the special team side of the ball for quite some time throughout his NFL career. Had a brief stint playing with Sean Payton at one point, and now he's an assistant special teams coach. And that is Chris Banjo coming over after retiring. He played for the Arizona Cardinals last year, had some chance to play against the Denver Broncos in week 15. And now he's coaching things up. And Sean Payton has identified him as a potential guy on the coaching staff that has the tools and the traits to be a great coach and maybe a future head coach one day. And I love what he did to really solidify that he believes that, right? He put him in a group on that special teams unit with obviously where Mike Westhoff, a legendary special teams coach is kind of not, he's not the coordinator, but I would say he's maybe kind of leading the way there, or he's at least a substantial voice. And then Ben Cott, we got obviously another longtime special teams coordinator in the NFL. You give a prospective future at least special teams coordinator, if not a guy you believe has head coach abilities, capabilities within him, you put him with those types of guys and he's going to be able to learn so much right away. So I love that you transition from playing to coaching and what is one of your best or what you believe is one of your best prospects among your assistant coaches get, he's going to get some of the best teaching. He's going to be able to learn every single day from those two guys who have done it for a very long time and done it well. They've done it at a high level. So it's just a great culture, I think. When we talk about Sean Payton building culture, all these different things that he brings to the table, that's that's one of those things, right? It's it's something that you're pouring into the next generation. You're not just saying, how can we fill best fill these spots for the immediate time frame? No, how can we you know pour into the next generation of coaches alongside these guys who I believe are some of the best to ever do it? I love that he's doing that. And I love what he said at OTAs in minicamp. I pulled this quote. This is actually from two separate quotes that he had really, you know, right next to each other as he's being asked about his former assistants and Vance Joseph and all these different things. He's being asked about coaches that he's coached with. And he brought up, you know, again, names like Dan Campbell, who he's had on his staff before. But when talking about, you know, future potential head coaches, he said there are three or four coaches on this staff and maybe more that will end up being head coaches. And then he went on to say a little bit after that, when he was talking about Chris Banjo, he said, my years with him, he's going to be a young, extremely talented candidate and someone that is one of those guys 
who I am referencing. So specifically, we didn't get a lot of specific names from Sean Payton. And in fact, I would say this was the only one that we specifically got from him other than he was kind of talking about Vance Joseph. So maybe that, but really this is a specific shout out to Chris Banjo of saying, I, th- this guy's just got off the playing field. Now I believe that he has a future head coach title in his, you know, uh, that's, that's potential. That's something that's within reach. How does he go out there and get that? He's going to learn from two of the best guys that he could possibly learn from in the special teams arena and work up from there. Well, you look at Banjo's career in the NFL. I mean, unbelievable being able to play 10 seasons. You People don't realize how hard it is. I think the average expectancy for an, uh, an NFL career is three years. And I think that's like maybe a best projection for so many guys because one injury could derail you there. But overall, you look at how many games he's played in, 131 games according to Pro Football Reference. He's only started in terms of safety in seven career games. So for him, he has always been a core four special teams player for 10 seasons playing for Green Bay playing for New Orleans, obviously, for a stretch of time, playing for the Arizona Cardinals. So for a lot of these guys, and and look, I think this is where maybe the benefit of Banjo comes into play here. Banjo has played with some guys on special teams. He's played it so well. He knows who stands out. He knows who can maybe grow into a role. And I think for when you're looking at these young guys that are trying to make the roster and training camp and the preseason, I think his advisement of being a former player and, and being really recent out of the mix of things can say, hey, coach, this guy actually has something he can give us, and let me work with him. Let me continue to try to get this out of him. I I think that experience, him being a former player, is so crucial. I don't think people realize how important it is. Look, you can never play the game of football and coach and be a really great coach in the NFL. We've seen that. Bill Belichick is a fantastic example, but I think there's something to say when you have a coach who's played, who knows the ins and outs, knows the little secrets, the little cheat codes, not shortcuts, but the things that will give you an advantage. Chris Banjo is one of those guys considering he was a primarily special teams player and he was a damn good one throughout his NFL career. That will help the Broncos identify and hopefully revamp their special team side of the ball, which there you and I are in agreement. I think everybody watching the show or listening is in agreement. It needs revamped. It needs to play better if the Broncos have any chance at winning. And if the Denver has improved special teams play in just maybe four or five of those games last year, we're talking about a difference between two to three wins overall for this team. Last season, despite how disastrous it was on the offensive side, special teams has to be better this year. Having a coach like Chris Banjo, who understands, who knows it, who's seen it, and can visualize it, can teach that, I think is so crucial. And I think that maybe plays a little bit of a favor into his hand about, hey, you do have the experience. These guys, you, You've done it. So when you talk to these guys, they look at you and they see you played 10 years in the NFL, and you did it. That gets the belief from the young guys who may struggle with confidence. And I think that's where Banjo can come in and maybe bridge the gap. And if that's the case, you know, he will rise up very, very quickly in the coaching ranks, but obviously for his first season going from playing into coaching, it is a big test. There is a little bit of an adjustment period and I'm excited to see how it plays out for Chris Banjo as well. But Broncos country that will wrap up today's episode. Locked on Broncos free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. If you're an everyday listener of the show, here's what you can expect next week, beginning on Monday And Tuesday, Sarah and I, we're going to start diving into some foundational players on the Broncos. Who are three players that really make up the foundation of the Broncos defense? Who are three players that make up the foundation on the offensive side of the ball? And who maybe can emerge into becoming foundational three players on the special team side of the ball? That's some stuff you can expect next week as we get one step closer to NFL training camp. We'll have you covered every step of the way here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. We'll see you then.